story lovers. This is Laurel McCarg, and you're listening to Alligator Preserves. Today's episode is my birthday episode, episode 45. Too bad it didn't end up being episode 60 because that's how old I am today. So don't go away. Stick around for my birthday episode. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. La 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 <laughs> For quite some time now, I have had the feeling that we do birthdays all wrong. I've had the feeling that on our birthdays, we should actually be thanking and giving gifts to our parents. I suppose that is if we've had a good relationship with our parents, which I did for my entire life. So I am going to share with you some thoughts about my mom that I wrote a while ago, and then a poem that I wrote to both of them while they were still around. And then maybe I'll share a few thoughts about what's going on with me right now. So to begin, I wrote this piece about my mom called Super Mom Part 1. I wrote this a while ago. And uh, let me just get right into it. I jotted notes about my mom's major life transition shortly after dad died just two years ago. And again, I, I wrote this three years ago. So dad's been gone for five years now but never got around to finishing it. After my phone call with her on September 10th, however, I knew it was time to brush off and finish what I started. I don't believe mom ever made the transition into retirement when dad hit the magic number most men in his generation aimed for and stopped working. Theirs was a different generation, one in which women were transitioning into the workplace more frequently, though they were never treated as equals with their male peers. I don't think it's particularly funny we're still debating the merits of equal pay for equal work in 2015, but I'm certain it was never an issue Mum complained about. She worked as a main office secretary at my high school, and from what I can gather, she was the best. She could type 120 accurate words per minute on a clickety-clackety typewriter and didn't need to be told how to punctuate. She was home by 4 p.m. and never failed to put a scrumptious dinner on the table for her five daughters. Dad worked for AT&T and was home by 5.30 p.m. ready for his scotch and newspaper. He and Mom would sit in the living room together, Mom with her glass of sherry, Dad with his doers, and they would catch up, I suppose, on their day's events. I say, I suppose, because we kids either knew enough to respect their time together or we were likely more interested in ourselves. In any case, it was their routine. After 40 years of working both in the corporate world and in the Army Reserves, retiring as a full colonel, Dad officially retired, a word that doesn't mean the same thing today as it did then, and Mum finally retired from her still full 
bottle of whiteout. But while Dad transitioned into a life of leisure, spending more time watching news and completing crossword puzzles, Mom transitioned from taking care of the school's principal to taking care of Dad. Mom is a nurturer and thrives on being needed. Dad had no reason to complain about his status as numero uno in the household once they married off daughter number five, so a new routine was established quickly. From my perspective, Dad got the better end of the deal, he being the one who would be cared for and pampered willingly and lovingly by Mom until his last day over 20 years after his retirement from the workplace. When Dad died, Mom was faced with reevaluating her decades-long routine. Watching her as she transitioned over the past two years as a widow has taught me much about this woman, 30 years my elder, who is as much a part of me as my own sagging skin. That was part one about my some of my thoughts about my mom. And here's part two, Super Mom Part Two. I've made the decision to move in with Carol and Michael. Mum's words, measured and gently delivered, put a knot in my throat. Several moments passed before I was able to tell her why her decision on September 10th was making me cry. I'm not stupid, you know, she continued, but I am proud. She confessed that her pride kept her living alone in the beautiful home she and Dad enjoyed for their last 15 years together. And I miss the sound of other feet in the house. Despite her wonderful neighbors and friends who checked in on her and took her to lunch and expected to see her at McDonald's for oatmeal on Saturday mornings, Mom was lonely. And I know you're crying because you see this as my last transition. Mom had always joked that the two of us are twins separated by years, but I'll be damned if she wasn't reading my mind as I sniffled at the end of the phone. But this makes me really happy, too, I told her. I spent a couple of weeks with Mom after Dad's death, just shortly before their 65th wedding anniversary, and was blown away by her strength. I'm not sure why I should have been surprised. She managed our estrogen-filled household like a CEO of a Fortune 500 company until all five of us little chickens flew off to build our own nests and was there to help ensure each new nest was decorated and arranged tastefully. I'll never forget my husband's response while living in one of our houses when he learned of an upcoming visit from mom and dad. Just keep her out of my underwear drawer, okay? Mike tolerated her proclivity toward rearranging things when she visited, but he had to draw the line somewhere. In each of our houses over the years, Mum has derived great pleasure in rearranging things, always with an eye toward efficiency, and I have always appreciated her talent. Dad used to joke about being afraid to get up to pee in the middle of the night because the bed might be in a different location when he returned. <laughs> I miss Dad's jokes, and Mom misses so much more. Dad never put Mom on a pedestal. He didn't need to. They were partners. Anyone spending any time with the two of them would walk away knowing how much he adored her. 
and she loved, respected, and defended him unwaveringly. We five girls knew the futility of trying to play one off the other if we wanted something. They were a united front. Sure, they had squabbles. Sure, he could be brusque and she could interrupt his stories. And I don't know how many years Mum hid sweets in the house, knowing he would find them when she went to the store. Just give me a nickel's worth, is still Mum's response to any offer of dessert or treats, and it has baffled me to this day because I inherited Dad's sweet tooth. To me, a nickel's worth is just a tease, and it certainly does nothing to satisfy a craving. But I think Dad understood Mum's desire to keep her man healthy, he being genetically predisposed toward heaviness, and I'm pretty sure Mum hid things as a compromise. I guess I should ask her about that. It amuses me to think they both understood the game. After 65 years together, I'm certain the games they played were plentiful, and I loved the way Dad's joke about why they had so many children always made her laugh. It's because your mother was hard of hearing, he would say. What do you mean, someone would ask. Well, if she was busy, I'd ask her if she wanted to watch TV or what. And she'd say, what? (laughs) They joked together, teased one another, laughed with, kissed and held one another until the very end. And Mum remained stoic at his funeral service because she knew he would have wanted her to be the pillar she had been for him his whole life. She was not about to fall apart in the presence of all who came to honor my dad. So her decision to accept my sister and brother-in-law's request that she move in with them almost two years later startled me only because I had just visited her a few weeks ago at her home. We had the most relaxing, wonderful time together, though I did bring up a few concerns I had. A tad taller than I am, she weighs a mere 101 pounds, despite allowing herself to enjoy more than a nickel's worth of dessert now and then. And her driving, which once could have rivaled Mario Andretti's, has become overly cautious. I've been worried about her, as have my other sisters, so I finally choked back my tears to tell her we all believe she's making the right decision. And by the end of our conversation, I could finally take a deep breath, knowing that this move does not mean the end for her, but rather a new beginning, one she will accept with the grace and dignity she has modeled for her ever-growing family for over half a century now. And I ended this writing by saying, I have ever so much more to say about mom and mom and dad, but for now I'll leave you with thoughts of your own transitions and feel free to share. And now, as promised, I'll share with you the poem that I wrote for both of them while they were still around. They're still around. Anyway, it's called Don't Leave Me. Don't leave me. This is not the pathetic whimper of a helpless child, but the heartfelt plea of an adult who knows what she now has and fears the fleeting nature of existence. But you are unafraid and teach me still. And I know that I left you first, but still, don't ever leave me. It's not that I need you anymore except for the occasional insistent need I feel for your voice, your recipes, your jokes, your laughter, your advice, your praise. 
and the confirmation of our connectedness. Why do I still care that you accept what I have chosen? Is it because you are the parents of three new generations and I just one? Is it because you have lived more, know more, love more, hope and pray for so much more for me, and I fear that I might disappoint? Is it because I am you, but more and less? You must never leave me. I am still your child, still your little girl, though I've kept her hidden deep inside. Yet now a grown woman who recognizes and appreciates you increasingly each day, becoming more like you and more like me, and contented with this new composition. You will always be with me. I will see you in my mirror, will hear you in my dreams, will feel you in my blood, and will hold you forever in my heart. So I smile inside and out, knowing you will never leave me. Today, January 10th, 2019, marks the first day of my sixth decade on Earth. And I'm pretty excited about this new year. I completed the third book of my Water White trilogy. It's called Water White Breathe, book three of the Water White series, and it's already available for pre-order on Kindle. The book and Kindle will be released on the Ides of March, March 15th, 2019. I hope you'll all check it out. I'm so excited about it, especially the ending, which surprised my friend Carol Bellhouse, who edited every single chapter as I, as I completed them. Thank you, Carol. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your insight and your loving suggestions. <laughs> And I've made a commitment to myself the start of my 60th year on Earth. I'm going to give up alcohol and chocolate. Chocolate is my true addiction. And I just decided I'm going to see what it would be like to just not have those two things in my life for a year anyway. I'm going to give it a go this 60th year. But back to the idea of being thankful to the people who birthed and raised and tolerated me <laughs> all the years of my life. And I, I do miss my mom and dad, think of them every day, one way or another. I also am so very thankful to all the people in my life who have made me the person I am today. My sisters, their amazing husbands, all who supported and encouraged and tolerated me as well. My friends from so many places, from so many places I've lived and from places Mike and I have moved to, our sons, of course, who grow more special to me every single year and who will be with me tonight. I am so excited. Both Nick and Jake will be here tonight to help celebrate my birthday and Nick's birthday, our Epiphany baby, who had a birthday on January 6th. And why not throw in Mike's March birthday and Jake's June birthday too? Why not? We're just going to celebrate everything. <laughs> and I also would love once again to thank my patrons on Patreon who have supported me from the start on this podcast. And I hope that some of you out there might think about joining them. My patrons, 10 of them so far, Susan B. Russo. Charlene McDade, Donna Bear Stein, Mimi Finch, 
Stephanie R. Sorensen, Jake McCarg, yes, he's my son, Sean Toodle, a joke, he's my other son, <laughs> Mary Jelf, Carol Shaughnessy, and Erin Sue Grantham, to whom I owe an episode about favorite books. So I've got to put that on my list this year too. I have a lot of things on my list to do this year. My focus, once I get Water White Breathe completed and out there, it's just about ready. I am going to focus this year on a book I started back when mom and dad were still alive based on my dad's World War II letters. It'll be a nonfiction book this time, a social commentary of sorts, and I think I'm ready to write it. And I'd like to thank all my listeners out there today for joining me for my birthday episode. And if you feel so inclined, go ahead and maybe order one of my books. I have many genres out there, many different topics, and uh, you might find one that you like. And that would be just a lovely birthday present to me. No pressure, but you know, I'm 60, so hey, throw a girl a bone. <laughs> You can find today's show notes with links and photos on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. And if you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about it. Please share this with your friends and share my book link on Amazon with them and tell them that maybe they would like some of my books too. I hope you'll help support Alligator Preserves on Patreon. Check out the rewards you'll receive at patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves. Join me next time when I'll talk about something completely different. And until then, let's see, I had raisin toast this morning. And you don't really put preserves on raisin toast. I I guess you could put them on it, but why? Because the raisins are lovely and sweet and the cinnamon is awesome. And really, you just need nice melty butter on Raisin Toast. So until the next episode, la 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 la, happy birthday to me and many more. And to you and anyone else who has a January 10th birthday out there today, happy birthday. (laughs) Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com, where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com. <laughs>